0: Math classroom culture, math mindset, and student-centered instructional practices are just a few of the topics that we will cover on the Honest Math Chat, an elementary teacher podcast. We will feature practical ideas from teachers for all teachers. See, this podcast is all about helping you create a classroom where students are empowered to love and deeply understand math. If you want the math classroom of your dreams, or let's face it, maybe you've never dreamed about math because it's not your thing, come alongside as I, a former math hater, turned math teacher cheerleader, show you how you can transform your elementary's classroom. From just getting through the math lesson each day to making math your favorite part of the day and your student's favorite part. Let's get this honest chat started, shall we? So, how can we keep our students engaged in math discussions? This is a common teacher question. And no matter how long you've been doing this, you're always thinking about how to get your students engaged. Sometimes our math discussions can be 10, 15, even 20 minutes long. And It's always a struggle to make sure every single student's brain is on, ears are open, and that they are actively participating. Each school year presents new challenges with engaging our students, right? We have a new, different group of students. There are different circumstances in the world, in the school, and in our classrooms. And so this is something we can always improve on. I don't know about you, but after a really great lesson, I'm always reflecting on it saying, what did I do well there? What happened? What made that so great? And I think we should start with just reflecting, of course, because, you know, we're teachers and we know reflection is what helps us move our practice forward. But I've decided recently well, okay. So I was at a conference recently and the speaker was talking about reflection and um, actually time management and how reflection can really help you. But he was saying that reflection in and of itself isn't enough. That we need a coach or a trusted friend to push us to take what we have reflected on and help us act on it, to hold us accountable To those reflections. And that shook me a little bit because I feel like as teachers, we pride ourselves on reflecting. We know that it is a practice that helps us be better at our job. And often in the professional development that I've been in, and even when I did national board certification, which I'm renewing right now, which is a whole mess, um, reflection is a huge part of that. However, it's all individualized. I don't think in education we have very many opportunities to have critical friends or, you know, partners or partnerships that can push us. So I want to just say, I will be that friend for you. I will be your critical friend. That's why I'm here. I want to give you the space to reflect, and then give you time to think about it, and give you my perspective and some of my um, my experience. But I'm always here in the DMs on Instagram or email at hellomonamath at gmail to chat, to reach out to me at any time. Like email me your goals, email me your reflections, and. I will DM you back. I will email you back and we can talk about it. I am here to hold you accountable and be your critical friend. So as we reflect on how we can keep our students engaged, we have to not only reflect, but then we need to take action. So what does it look like to be engaged? Have you considered what you think of when you think of engagement? What does that mean to you? So for me, in my class, I consider engagement as this, listening and thinking and participating. So kind of three parts, right? But I paused before I said participating because the real thing I want kids to do is listen and think. It's simply that. Of course, that looks and sounds a lot of different ways. And in my class, we spend a lot of time talking about what listening looks like, sounds like, and feels like. And then we talk a lot about what it will sound like, look like, feel like, to be thinking about what other people are sharing and saying. And if we can really get students engaged in listening and thinking, the participating part comes so much easier. I'm not really interested in folded legs and hands and posture and all of that for the sake of just looking like you're listening. For a lot of years in my teaching career, I prided myself on having students that looked like they were listening, which upon reflection, (laughs) I found that that's all they were doing. They were spending their energy looking like they were listening instead of actually listening. So now... I am much more interested in doing the work of getting my students to actually listen and think in my class and in my math discussions. So in class, we often have the conversation about what types of things get in the way of us listening and thinking. So I'll say something like, what makes it difficult to listen? And students will offer responses like, it's hard to listen when I'm distracted right? And I'll say, okay, well, what kinds of things distract you? Students will say things like looking out the window or playing with my shoes or my jewelry or whispering to my friend or looking at that girl's hair. And this is such a great way to get students to name what we want them to avoid and then establish some rules or some norms. And So then I'll say something like, so do you think we should create some sort of guidelines for our math discussions so that we can all listen and think? What do you think they should be? And then it very easily flows out of their mouth because they just identified all the things that distract them. With this small shift, you can take the guidelines, the rules, the norms from being teacher-driven to student-generated. And there's so much more engagement with that than, you know, I mean, think about it. When your boss tells you to do something, it feels, eh, okay, fine, I'll go do it, right? But if your boss says, how do you think we could fix this problem? And lets you suggest a few solutions and then says, yeah, that sounds great. How about we do the second one? Or, yeah, let's try all three. Go ahead and get started on that. You are motivated because you are invested because that was your idea. And so the same is true about engaging our students in discussions. By letting them name what they want the rules to be for engagement, they are invested. They are more willing to follow them, hold each other accountable, hold themselves accountable because it was their own idea. So what is a quick list of things that engagement means to you? So when I go into this conversation, I have this quick list in my mind, right? Or maybe even written down because I ultimately want to help my students get to this list. So you can make an anchor chart and then you can refer back to it with your students and check out, you know, all the things that they kind of identified. So usually I'm aiming for my students to say something about eye contact, something about a calm body, you know, not fidgeting, not playing with things. Talk about how they have to use silent signals to show us like what they're thinking without speaking and something about having their mind on, you know, not letting their mind wander and really be thinking about what we're talking about and keeping their mind on task. So those are the things I have in mind when I go into that conversation that I ultimately want us to get up on an anchor chart in the students' words so that we have something we can keep reflecting back on. All right. So now let's move on to the teacher moves that encourage students' engagement. So what keeps your students engaged? And then what is your role for keeping your students engaged, right? The goal is to get students to self-regulate, to keep themselves engaged versus being managed. That is always my goal in my student-centered class is to get my students to manage themselves instead of me being in charge of managing them. That's a life skill, right? I bet a lot of your parents would be happy with you if you taught their kid how to do that. (laughs) So to facilitate my students talking and tinkering and figuring out, I want them engaged in the math discussion, right? I don't want to be the one explaining, doing, showing. I want that to be on my students that isn't the learning that sticks when we're doing the showing and the teaching. Instead, that type of discussion leaves an open door for students to check out, right? When I start telling them how to do it, boom, eyes on the window. They're thinking about video games. <laughs> um, when you're when you are supporting your students in talking and in figuring out and collaborating. Instead of showing them and explaining them, that's when you are helping them stay engaged. So the idea here is that you really think about your own role for helping students engage. Here's the thing. Students will get off task and they won't be thinking about other kids' ideas or perspectives. And it's my job and your job to help them build those muscles so that they can use those strategies in the future. It's our job to teach students how to get back on track, how to stay engaged, how to keep their mind on task, right? It's not our job to do that for them. And I'm not saying never redirect your student or don't, you know, do certain things to keep them on task. I'm more saying Our general approach here has to be teaching the students how to do it instead of doing it for them. So we have to build their capacity to stay engaged. It's a skill like anything else that we're going to practice. So we know that they will continue to get better and better at staying focused and participating as we teach them how and give them practice time. So don't expect that they will just be able to stay engaged and excited and thinking and listening and all the things the first time you do a math discussion or even a month in. That doesn't mean you should stop doing it. You can build your students' capacity to be engaged and self-regulate by building in body breaks, movement breaks into the math discussion. Observe your students and consider what they need. So watch them, right? Maybe this is the time where we need to move to a turn and talk so everyone can use their voice, right? Re-engage everyone. Or maybe they are getting wiggly. That's when we insert that body break. Use strategic partners. So you know your students, right? You know their strengths and their weaknesses, both socially, emotionally, and mathematically. So pair them up. When we come to the carpet to do our math discussion, you sit by your strategic partner. Give it a fun name. That's the person they turn and talk to, right? That is kind of that accountability partner for them. Then you can be strategic in pairing up the kid that maybe doesn't talk with someone who likes to talk a lot, but is also really um, upfront about welcoming in the other person. I have several of those students in my class that really are good naturally at holding their partners accountable for talking. They're warm, they're welcoming, and they always make sure their partner has a turn. Those are the people you pair up together. And as I just said, make sure to use turn and talks. It's such a good way to give everybody a chance to kind of engage and, you know, get talking using their voice Um, I also like to use another one that's quick and easy without turning their whole body. They can just kind of lean in and do, um, what I like to call put your heads together. And this is for even quicker turn and talk, put your head together and tell the person the answer, right? Just something super simple. Or what was that vocabulary word again? Just put your heads together. Um, And then use checks for understandings. That could be give me a four, three, two, or one. How do you feel about your ability to do this? Or thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. Do you understand what George is saying? So kind of give those signals for checks for understanding so that you know who's with you and who's not. Who agrees, who disagrees. Give me a, you know, four, three, two, one. Those are all ways to just make sure that you. Are checking in to see who's with you and who might need a little bit of help. All right. But a quick reminder here about your classroom community. If your math classroom community is not like strong and vibrant, this is not going to work. Your classroom community lays the foundation for self-regulation. If you haven't spent the time developing relationships with your students and among your students or norms and routines, then stop what you're doing right now and make a plan. Laying that solid foundation of community in your classroom will make a true difference in your math discussions. And you can't really have student-led practices and procedures without norms right? We have to make our expectations super clear so that students know how to act within our community before we can start turning over the reins to them. And so if you want more information on building a classroom community, check out the post I'm going to link in the show notes. And they're just blog articles that are going to walk you through norm creation and how to build that growth mindset and building relationships with students and inspiring risk taking. So that is all for today. I've, let's do a quick recap of what we talked about, that it is your job to help build your student skills in being engaged, but it is their job to self-regulate. So build those muscles of self-regulation for engagement. You can do this, friend. You are here reflecting and listening and building your practice. And remember, reflection in and of itself is great, but we have to take action. We have to have an accountability partner to hold this, to take action on our reflections. So DM me on Instagram, hello Mona math, or send me an email, hello math, at gmail, and tell me what your goals are for engagement. How are you going to build engagement in your math discussions? And let me help hold you accountable. I'd love to give you more ideas or just chat with you about how it's going. Well, that was your dose of honest math chat for today, friend. Thanks so much for listening. It would mean so much to me if you subscribed, shared this podcast with your friend, or leave a comment. If you have not downloaded my free guide that I made in response to the questions you have all about engaging your students in math discussions, go grab it, monamath.com slash discussions. And if you have other questions that I haven't answered, shoot me a DM on Instagram at hellomonamath. I can't wait to chat more with you next week. Remember, we're here every Monday. I'm always listening on my way to work. When do you listen? See you soon, friend.